Welcome, everybody, to the All for the Ring podcast. This is week seven, our seventh straight podcast. We've really been keeping this thing going. And the phone, as always, trusty co-host, Eric. Here I am. Hopefully the audio is as good as last week. Well, I think we're do- doing the same protocol, so hopefully it will be. Uh, yeah, so we had a quite the weekend of football, week six. Here comes the recap. <laughs> Are you ready to the week began with the Pats looking tight on D and special teams, but shaky on the other side of the ball. Then, in London, Jameis threw five picks and a jolly old loss to the Panthers. The early Sunday game saw Hustle Wilson flushing down the Browns. Deshaun dethroning the Chiefs mostly on the ground. The team from Washington fu- pulling out the the team from Washington pulled out their first win versus the Gunnenford Tua Dolphins as Drake dropped it on the deuce attempt. Eagles soar from being clubbed by Kirk. Cousins as he was finally digging it with Stefan. Saints skin the Jags in a 13-6 barn burner. Bengals are making things harder for the Finns as they lose for the sixth time in as many weeks. This time to Lamar and his Ravens. Jimmy G found pay dirt with his legs and the Niners smack the girlyless Rams. Kyler added another notch to his belt as he watched Matt Bryant's game-tying extra point sail left. Broncos blanked Frable's Titans while Finally, monolist Darnold looked sharp, especially on the 92-yard dime all the way to win over the sinking Cowboys. And the Steelers apparently beat the Chargers in a Sunday night game that no one was particularly interested in. And in the nightcap, the refs decided that A.A. Ron is the storyline the league wants to go with, so they gave Green Bay the win. So there's our right, recap. Felt pretty good wow, thanks. That. That, was a, that was a mouthful. Yeah, really, uh, yeah, I feel good about that. I'm not even going to edit that. I, I'm gonna, I made a couple mistakes, but I went right through it. Anyway, yeah, so uh, yeah. what 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 what, uh, what were you doing on the uh, on the on the Sunday? Who, what were you watching? What, what pointed out to you? I caught a little bit of the morning game actually before uh, before we went outside with the kids. Um, it was all right. I mean, it was cool to see the game in London, kind of high scoring, but also pretty shitty with uh, Jameis not playing great. First pass of the game, a pick, and then their next series of fumbles. So there's a lot of turnovers. I was hoping to see a little bit more out of Christian McCaffrey. He had a good. An average game, but um, I was hoping to see a little bit more out of him. Um, also saw a um, a note that someone thought it would be a good nickname for him to be Derry Sanders. Derry Sanders. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I, I thought it was kind of funny, I guess, because he's white. Right, um, yeah, yeah, that's the main reason, yeah. And, and shifty. Um, he's a good football player, man. I think he's awesome. Yeah, that catch and run he had for the touchdown was uh, was a thing of beauty. Yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, I always, I always like when there's a when there's a relatively high scoring game, even if it is a bit sloppy for London, because I know that for a while there were like a lot of Jags games where it was like thirteen to ten, and it was just it, you, yeah. you want you want to show some pretty good product. That wasn't obviously the best, but it was at least it was an exciting product and got kind of close. But it was a it was a fun game to watch, especially watching it in the morning and being able to watch that and start the day off with, with football a lot earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, the Pats uh, won on Thursday night, but it wasn't very pretty. Uh, Brady not looking great, other than that stretch in the third quarter. Uh, but uh, I had heard on Bill Simmons' podcast there that that uh, it was a hundred to one odds that Brady would run two touchdowns. Uh, so if if anybody jumped in on that bet, good for you. But uh, you're gonna wow. lose that bet almost every single time. Last time he did, it, I think, was in college. So yeah, I'm surprised that they even had a line on that. But I guess I guess Vegas has a line on everything. But uh, another one was the, uh, the the Texans holding off the Chiefs, thirty-one to twenty-four. Another loss for uh, Mahomes. Uh, threw for am I, am I reading your thing? Yeah, he threw for three touchdowns, but he also threw one costly interception and lost a fumble when they needed it the most. So it was a uh, fun fun game to watch. I think I had predicted that game would be a fun one last week, but uh, it certainly lived up to uh, to what what we were hoping for. And I think in the fourth quarter, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and also the Chiefs with back-to-back losses, lost to the Colts and lost uh, to the Texans, two AFC teams that they could potentially be seeing in the playoffs as well. So Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's 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 to sound the alarm kind of talk. And they've got Denver on Thursday night, so that should be a fun game to watch. I mean, Denver, I can't really get a good read on, but I uh, I got to figure the Chiefs are going to are gonna pull it out. I bet we'll all pick the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, you never know with these. Uh, with, with Denver kind of pulled it out, and they, they've got a staunch defense, so it'll be – and with uh, I don't know if uh, what's his name there uh, Mahomes' ankle has has really improved a lot or if he's still kind of a little bit hobbled. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll have an issue with Denver. I mean, it's Brock or who's it? Joe Flacco, Flacco yeah. against against the against the Chiefs. So I, I think the Chiefs will be all right there. Yeah, with Tyreek Hill back too, it's uh, true. Yeah, 
maybe those will be some big plays. Ideally, uh, Benny will start Tyreek this this week. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, anything else uh, jump out of you as far as the week goes? Um, no, I mean, I mean San Francisco is good. They still remain undefeated in the NFC, so they're five and zero with a good win over the Rams. Their defense looks great. Held the held the Rams under two hundred yards. Uh, I think Jared Goff's um, total fantasy points was like one point four points or something along those lines. Mm. Um, so yeah, not a great showing from the Rams this week. Yeah, I wonder when the uh, when the Rams are playing the. Uh the Niners again because if the Rams have Gurley back I wonder if, it, if it'll be a at least a somewhat different outcome because the uh, they didn't have Gurley and that, I think that made a pretty big difference for them yeah true true you know, it'll be a fun one to watch and see if the uh see if the Rams can or see if the Niners can hold keep it up and keep it going oh, nothing's working on my iPad anyway uh all right so uh ba -ba 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 -ba. Cool, 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 cool. So uh, moving on to our football discussion. Uh, I've been hearing, uh, I've been seeing a lot of this, uh, this uh, pass interference challenges and the new, the new rules, everything else. And it looks like most of the time they just keep the same call on the field. I know that right in the early, I thought it was going to go the other way because uh, in the early game, I don't remember if it was the first game or the second game, but uh, there was a pick play where Josh Gordon uh, set a pick and they the opposing team I think the game was well in hand at that point anyway but opposing team called it and uh, and they did reverse it for the pick play but I haven't I think it's been like seven of 39 or something like that for PI uh, uh, overturning I don't know how they can because I mean it, all, it almost makes you look at the play even more over and over and over again it definitely does and then you see most of us come to the same conclusion okay that's pass interference but then they most of the time don't overturn it how do you fix that? Like, what? I, I almost wonder if they should get rid of it. There's no seems seems to be no clear edict on on what what the word is for that uh, going forward. Yeah, it's definitely not clear. I actually listened to an interview yesterday with Bill Belichick, and they actually asked the same question, and he said that they're not going to challenge it unless it's something that's like com they completely see that there's no there's no gray area, which is really hard when you look at a play in slow motion. You could call just about anything in any play, so. I think unless it's the play like the Saints-Rams in the NFC Championship, it's rarely going to get overturned unless it's a, a huge play in this call or or something along those lines. If yeah. it's something that's close, they're going to they're going to let it stand. Yeah, I saw an interesting video that was a sort of a conspiracy-looking video about when Mahomes threw his interception because he hasn't thrown an interception. I think it was his first of the year. Uh, it looked like there was a very clear uh, holding penalty or pass interference penalty on. Uh, the defender who was playing Travis Kelsey, and so that's why Mahomes threw the ball where, the way that he did, and ended up getting picked off. And so they called it. They called the pass interference, and then they and then they, some. One of the refs was looked like he was listening to something on his headset, not the head ref, the other ref. And then he said something to the head ref, and the head ref stopped the play, stopped them from playing the next play. And then he. he you know, turned on his mic and said, hey, uh, by the way, that's not uh, pass interference with picking up the flag. It's an interception and a touchback. And the reasoning, he said, was because the, the pass interference, the hold was on a player who was not the intended rece receiver of the of the throw. But it was a it was a pretty suspect play. If you get a chance, look it up. I don't know if you saw it on online, but it's a little sketchy. So I'm not sure if maybe it's maybe no, New York jumped in. I'll check it out. Yeah, I don't know if New, if New York jumped in was like, hey, we should, that's not technical, or maybe it's a technical thing. The article that I read didn't really have a didn't have a, a definitive answer. It just said this is a real fishy play. I don't know what the hell's going on here. So, right, they need to. Well, let me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting kicked out of the conference room. So oh, I shit. Have to, uh, I'll call you back in a minute on my phone. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it from 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 himself. Well. Yeah, and that's that. Oh, back to music here. Okay, we'll post Malone. Let's pause that. <coughs> pause that. Uh, well, now it's just me. So uh, I think that they should change the. Uh, they should just, you know, it's it's a can of worms, is what it is. I know Belichick has always said that that he would like to be able to challenge everything, and I think that's uh, relatively fair. I just think that you could get you could game the system in that way and especially on scoring plays i guess you hold it in your back pocket and use it in the scoring play but uh as far as a pass interference goes it just doesn't i get that they're trying to probably uphold the integrity of the ref's original call but it just feels to me like there's a lot of uh there's going to be a, it, just more scrutiny and not less and i, I think that you got to work towards less scrutiny but uh i'm going to bring up another point in a moment uh but for for now we'll hear a, a word from our sponsors Today's podcast is brought to you by Conference Rooms. Book out a conference room. Maybe you'll get kicked out. Maybe it won't. 
But if you do get in the conference room, your audio for your podcast will be a bit better. Podcasts and conference rooms. There's a podcast update for everybody. Uh, we are at about 15 to 17 uh, regular listeners. So uh, if you've been telling your friends, they have not been listening to you unless uh, a handful of them have. I know that Pat Uglo listens to this podcast. Uh, shout out to Pat. Uh, and other than that, I really don't know who else is, uh, is listening in. So we're just kind of keeping it flowing, going to keep putting them up there. And, you know, I was thinking about one day uh, our children will stumble upon this podcast and they'll say, hey, hey, who's who's that voice? And then it'll be a it'll be set in time. This is a little time capsule into 2019 slash 2020. As we wait for Eric to get into his truck, I don't know what my ringtone sounds like, but I'll turn it on right now. We'll all listen together. It might just be the stock iPhone one because I'm not a monster, so my phone is always on vibrate. Looks like a long walk to the truck. Oh, there it is. That's what it sounds like. All right. Hello. Hey, oh, I forgot to keep, I always do that. I, I don't put the speakerphone right on. There we go. Speaker. There we go. Okay. So my other, my other thing that I want to talk about is this idea. I don't know if you've, if you've, if you've uh, taken part or heard about the, heard about this, this conversation that kickers aren't football players. I can see the argument about both sides, although kicking has always been in the game. What do you think about kickers and whether or not they are real football players? And I'm using air quotes there. I think they are football players. I'm a I'm a big supporter of for the brand, and I th- I mean they're, they're part of the team. They put in the work. They show up to practice. They go to mini camp. Sure, they don't do the conditioning, don't do any hitting, kind of screw around and, and chase balls most of practice. But they're there, so I guess they're kind of like the glorified team manager. But they're still part of the team. Yeah, give them that. I just I, as you can as you can imagine, I uh, the. The concern that this this thought came up again and probably came up uh, on the internet again because of the whole Matt Bryant missing that extra point. I mean, you you get down the field, you score a touchdown like you're supposed to, and then. But I, that's why I I did love that. That was one of the changes to the game that they that I really really appreciated was moving the extra point back, however many yards they did, because it really makes it less of a given, and and it's fun to see a missed extra point unless of course it's your team or Goskowski missing them over and over again or the new guy. So. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's certainly a frustrating part of the game, but it's also, you know, it's personnel. You know, Belichick has been, can you can trace a lot of the, uh, a lot of the victories to kicking and to special teams. So it's a big part of, the, it's a third phase of the game that's, uh, that's important. And I think that saying that they're not football players, in the classic sense, isn't right or wrong. It's just kind of in the middle, but they're an important position. So. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, they have to be clutch. If you're not clutch. You're, uh, you don't have a long shelf life in the NFL, that's for sure. Right, and that pl- that play also depends on everybody else on the field. You got the long snapper, you got the holder, everything it has to be perfect, and has to be right to be and and well well practiced. So you're taking time away from, you know, practicing offense, defense, everything else, so that you can get that special teams, you know, just right. So it's important. Right. Yeah. So for fuck sure. those people who say that the kickers aren't football players. I think they are, and uh, they can they can fuck themselves. Uh, yeah, I'd also I'd also like to throw it out there. I see a lot of people say, "Oh, that guy missed the extra point. I could kick that." I would love to see those fat people get off their couch and try to kick a 33-yard field goal. <laughs> there is zero percent chance any of them would hit it. If you try, it's a lot harder. It than is. You think. It's really like, hard. Even from 20 yards, it's not easy. <laughs> and then we not saw easy. who I'm trying to think of who it was. Somebody hit a 62-yarder uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, I, it's been interesting that, we, that there was that sort of momentum where where kickers were kicking further and further away, and then they and then that kind of sort of ebbed and flowed and went back to mostly to, to a lot of misses. So, it's uh, it's it's a it's interesting how that how the whole kicking game has changed and uh, and all that. And, and then you bring in like onside kicks like we've talked before, and that kind of they screwed that up a little bit. But actually, uh, who was talking about that? Somebody was talking about that on a different podcast I listened to, but somebody was about how, how, how onside kicks are ruined, but we've already covered that. They're ruined. Uh, so well, let's move on to fantasy. We've got uh, the fantasy final scores. Ian barely pulls off a win over Ben. Eric, you trounced Brian. Uh, Josh laid a whooping on me. Miles hands uh, Steve Silva his sixth loss, sadly. And El Monte hangs on as he uh, takes Chris down, though Chris helped to take himself down in that game, as we will cover later on. I guess the best one, uh, the you know, the most interesting one was probably Ian and, and Ben. That was the closest one by far. Only a three-point difference. Low scoring, difference. though. Yeah, yeah, I know. This, uh, you know, I always, I always, I used to put that in the in the power rankings where I would put the uh, 
the how many play, how many teams you would have beaten, and that always made me sad, and it made probably a lot of other people sad too. But these guys wouldn't have beaten one, two, three, four, five, six other players, seven other players. Uh, so it's a good thing that they played each other, I guess, and it's good thing, good thing Ian played uh, Benny. But yeah, you want to see a lot more than that. But yeah. anyway, I mean, Steve Silva's team actually looked really good. They uh, he, he had a he yeah, had, they put up some points. Yeah, really solid. I was looking through through the numbers. There was barely a you know, it wasn't even a, a, a dim spot at all. Even his bench was well, no, his bench sucked. But I mean, who cares? But the uh, but like Connor looked great. I mean, there was a he had a strong showing. But Miles had the strongest showing of all of us uh, on the back of Matty Ice. So, eh, you know, what can you do? That brings us to the top half of the power rankings, uh, number one through five. For the power rankings top half, coming in at number one, staying at number one from last week, it's... Valmonte at 5 and 1, 105.4 points in a close one over Chris. Steve had better thank his lucky stars and whatever else he uses for good luck that Chris didn't use Stefan Diggs because if he had, Steve would be more than likely knocked out of that number 1 spot. It's crowded at the top. Almonte had one of his lower scoring outings in week 6 with four players registering less than 5 points each. His saviors were Carson, David, and Devonta all scoring 25 points apiece and accounting for 72% of his total. His tight end woes continue as his starter Everett from the Rams was a dud, while his bench tight end Hunter Henry had 26. Never trust a man with two first names, but Steve should have in week six. Doesn't matter though, because Steve's winning streak extends to four. That could all change, however, as Miles is riding into town on week seven. Miles has to sit his chubby, but other than that, than that, he's at full strength, as is Steve. So this may be the Clash of the Titans. Who would have thought I'd be saying that after Miles' record just a year ago? Life comes at you quick. At number two, previously at number five, up three spots, it's... Miles at four and two, 174.64 points in a win over Steve DaSilva. What a week for Miles. Things were looking up early on as the Patriots defense did their thang against the Giants, posting 27 points, their sixth straight double-digit output on the season. Then Matty Ice delivered 39 points in a heartbreaking loss against the Cardinals, his second straight upper 30s performance, making him the number five player in the fantasy world. I expect a thank you card in the mail soon from Miles for pushing him to snag old Matty at the draft. And then I'll send a thank you card to my hair guy, Dennis, for p- pointing out the Falcons' indoor schedule. Miles' chubby did his job yet again and, th- and threw in 27 points. Chris Carson piled up 159 yards and a touchdown for 23, and there really was no weak spot in Miles' roster, and Steve DeSilva put up a hell of a fight, so those points were very well needed. Though Miles didn't have to start Mason Crosby by Monday night, as his victory was well in hand. He did anyway, for a tune of 12 points. Week 7 is an absolute showdown with El Monte with a winner takes or keeps the top spot. No chubby, no problem, or no chubby, big problem. At number 3, previously at number 4, up one spot, it's... Ian at 4-2, 82.42 points in a grinded-out win over Ben. This was not a good game to follow. Hell, Miles scored out, outscored both players combined this week. But Ian pulled out the W on Monday night as Aaron Rodgers threw for 283 yards and two scores to clinch it. Would have helped Ian to start AP in the flex spot, but instead it was Emmanuel Sanders who, Sanders who got injured after posting just a half a point. Mark Ingram hit Paydirt as Ian's second best scorer, but the rest of the team was just not good. He gets away with this one, but he's got Steve De Silva in Week 7, and while winless, Steve's squad did put up their best total so far, so it could be the upset of the season if Ian's guys put up a dud again. That said, even without a starting defense, Ian's got a projected 15-point advantage over Steve at the time of recording, though perhaps thankful for old Steve, the Browns are on a bye, so he can't get let down by them once again. As we hit midseason, the Alabama Slamma is in good shape to make a run, with a combination of luck and skill, perhaps more luck than skill? At this point, Points for and points against are almost dead even with the points against column slightly higher with a 4-2 and two record, but Ian getting smashed by Eric will skew those numbers for sure. At number 4, previously at number 2, down 2 spots, it's... Brian, 4-2 and two on the year, 72.92 points and a loss to Eric. Brian laid a real stinker down in Week 6, finding himself in the bottom of the scoring barrel for the first time all season. He's got his quarterback Goff to thank for that, as he put up just over one point for an entire game of football. His top producer, as usual, was Christian McCaffrey. And fun fact about him, his favorite ice cream flavor is vanilla. I also did not realize somehow that his father is famed wide receiver Ed McCaffrey. So if you didn't know that, now you know two things. 
Anyway, he put up close to 20 points, and the next best was Cool Cal Ridley's 12.8. Brian doesn't have to wonder what if as he looks at his bench because there wasn't much doing down there anyway. Just a full-on down week for the draft dodger as he was easily bested by Eric. Week 7 means Brian's workhorse McCaffrey is on a bye as he faces Ben in a matchup that is slated to be a tight one. Will Brian make it back-to-back losses and find his name called in the back half of the podcast rather than the top five? Only time will tell. In number five, previously number seven, up two spots, it's Josh. Even at three and three, 135.72 points and a victory over me. Josh put an end to his losing streak as he marked a one in the win column over yours truly. Mahomie may have lost, but he returned to his higher scoring ways with 27.82 points. And if we did a pickup of the week, this time it would go to Josh because he snagged Terry McLaurin and it was a fantastic snatch with old Terry posting a cool 102 touchdowns for 24 points. Josh's running back core did their job admirably as his two backs and the back in the flex spot put up 53 points between them. His only dull spot across the starters was Josh Gordon, who still hasn't found a full groove with TB12 and posted just 1.2 points. Odds of Josh continuing his winning ways are improved in Week 7 as he faces Chris, though the projected numbers for old Gloria are misleading, given that he hasn't made any roster adjustments just yet. Still, Chris will be without Mike Evans, his tight end Disley, and his ginger-bearded kicker Sly, so Josh is facing Chris at the right time, especially with Josh at nearly full strength. Everyone's active but Greg Olson. But fear not, Josh has snagged Jason Witten, who will certainly provide at least, I don't know, four points. All right, that was the top half of the power rankings. Luke's power rankings. Don't worry, it's not exactly the same as Yahoo's. And I have to say that the, the fact is, Yahoo, if you look at it, it's kind of hard to argue against the, that being the power rankings. It's standing, sure. But if you go by the records, it makes sense. It's kind of succinct. And then if you go by points four... I mean, that's kind of uh, pretty good. But I have, like I said, I have, I have changed up some things, so it's not exactly the same. But uh, right. thank well, you for... I'm just saying that there could be a little parody. Like, for instance, Steve put up 127 points this week. Sure, he lost, but, I mean, he had a pretty powerful week compared to somebody... Let, let's say that there were two players that were 0-5. One of them scored 80 points. Right. Or maybe it was 1-5 and five or whatever. And I don't know. I, I think... It, You're talking about me specifically. Yes. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying in, <laughs> if if hypothetically the matchup of uh, Ian and Ben, if they had one more win than Steve, Steve could potentially be higher than them, even though he has an additional loss. Fair enough. No, I get that. And, and, and I think it's it's also about deciding, is it power rankings of this this past week that we've seen or the upcoming week in who's who's in the best position to win? Uh, while also taking into account the, the the where people are in the standings as well, I, yeah, I, I get it. I, I you know I I punch yeah. these out. I I, I do I, I do uh you know I don't do a ton of in depth stuff. I mostly make fun of of things or point out different scores. But yeah, I, I'll I'll take that into consideration. That's uh that's important. Anyway, moving on from that to the White Claw Player of the Week. Yeah, White Claw Player of the Week starter Matt Ryan. 30 for 36, 356 yards, four touchdowns, 39 fantasy points. I know Luke was big on Matt Ryan yep. going into the draft. Yep, Miles yep. got him and uh, started him, and Luke is uh, all in on Matt Ryan still. I am. I am. I, I mentioned because that later on. Because he plays a lot of games indoors, and that's a big deal to Luke. Actually, spoiler alert, I've already I've already mentioned it in the, in the power rankings where, where Miles is. And, yes, he yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I'm pretty excited that this is starting to pay off because he had a great week last week and a great week this week, even though they lost. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So there's a that, starter. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, non-starter, Stefan Diggs. Chris knows about this guy. Seven receptions, 176 yards, three touchdowns, uh, 44 points on Chris's bench. Had he have started him, would have had another dub and one win closer to a championship and one loss further from a T-boner. But he's still down there. Yeah. In the mix and uh free agent kirk cousins two weeks in a row he's been putting up some good numbers uh 22 for 28 333 yards four touchdowns 39 points um so there were a lot of points out there uh on the free agent wire too if anyone's looking for a qb yeah i mean uh i would i mean at first glance it looks like uh brian could use a qb because jared goff just is not cutting it anymore uh putting in 1.12 points with a career worst seventy eight yards uh, in the in the game against the Niners, so maybe maybe pick up Kirk Cousins. I mean, I don't see why not. It, you can't get worse than one point one two points, unless of course you're Steve DeSilva last week with negative two points from Baker, 
Oh, got him. Yeah, the Rams have good receivers though, so it'd be tough to. I mean, granted, so do so do the Vikings. They might have the one and two receiving cores in the league between the two of those teams. So yeah, it's true. It's tough. Yeah. And yeah. fun fact: the the receivers coach for the L.A. Rams is a LaSalle High School graduate. Oh, that is a fun fact. Huh. Yeah, there you go. Huh, there you go. I didn't know that LaSalle. Did they have a very good football team? They did, yeah. It was uh, pretty much them and Hendrickson in the state championship every year. Oh, uh, actually, speaking of that, there's uh, if you guys watch American Vandal, I don't know if you watch American Vandal, the uh, Netflix. It's like a mockumentary, like a like a fake documentary, but potentially uh, the first one, the first se- there's two seasons. The first season, uh, a guy, uh, is, somebody, somebody has spray painted like 27 dicks on 27 teachers' cars. And they're trying to figure out who did it, and it's got to do with ball hair and all kinds of things. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a really great show, American Vandal on Netflix. Definitely give it a shot. It is hilarious, and it's also gripping. Really, really good. Anyway, in the second season, uh, there's a, a, a star athlete at, in high school, and he mentions, oh, yeah, you know, we had that great win against, against Hedrickin, that other one against LaSalle on the show. And I was like, wait a second. I know those names. And so I looked it up, and one of the writers on the show is a Rhode Island guy, and he clearly tossed those in there as a little little, uh, little tongue-in-cheek, a little reference to, to, to his home crowd. So that was a fun uh, little experience. Nice. Kind of went off the rails there with that story. But American Vandal, definitely watch that. It's a very, very good show. Uh, and, it's yeah, it's, got, it's about spray-painted dicks, but it's about so much more than that. Yeah, it sounds like a great family show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bring all the kids there. They can. They have. There's a lot to learn. It's high school based, so it's you know. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about uh, upcoming week. We got week seven in the NFL. Uh, what is what's the, what are some games that you're circling? I'm circling the Eagles against them boys. Sunday night football. It's going to be hot this week. Winner will be gaining control of the NFC East. Dallas looking to come back on get back on track after dropping three straight while the Eagles are still trying to find their identity. I think this is a big one for Dallas. Um, they need this dub for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, they, they are, they are sinking fast three down three in the last three weeks. So, uh, yeah, my, my game that I've got is, uh, as, as always, my first favorite game is the Patriots Patriots versus jets, which coming into last week, uh, this past weekend seemed like, eh, it'll probably just, they'll probably just blow them out and there you go. But, I mean, with the Jets seeming to get some things together, uh, and and uh, with their win this past weekend, it's uh, it should be pretty good. And I don't remember the last time I was thinking about this. Uh, the last time I was more excited to see the Patriots' defense than I was the offense, because when those those guys are on the field, it's just it's takeaways, it's it's getting to the ball. They, they play with a they play in an inspired defense, and I, I love watching it. And uh, and with the with the Jets taking down the Cowboys, like I said, this game might be a lot closer than we thought, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we would have thought during Week Three, after the Pats won thirty to fourteen, that uh, that it was going to be very close. But we'll see if they can get more picks because I know that they they lead the league with picks. I think they have fifteen. The next one, who knows what the next one is? But the, they are a tight, tight defense, and they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I also have the uh, Texans against the Colts. Both of these teams' most recent victories coming off. Uh, after actually beating the Chiefs against the Chiefs, um, Texans just did it last week. The Colts did it the week before, and then had a bye week last week. So this will be a good measure to see how they uh, play against each other. Rounding out the conference could also be a playoff preview. Got to feel pretty good to be a, a Colts fan. You go into the season thinking you're just oh, screwed, and you lose your franchise quarterback, all that, and then you you know you, Jacoby's done a, a bang up job, and the defense is there, and so they've, they've they're right in it, which is great. A lot of parody in the NFL, which I always love. Uh, my last last game to watch uh, is Ravens versus Seahawks. Another late Sunday matchup. There's only three. The other ones aren't great. And uh, this one is seemingly going to be a, a barn burner. It's going to be in Seattle with the Red Hot Seah- Seahawks, led by uh, Gunner for that MVP, Hustle Wilson, uh, taking on the sometimes confusing, sometimes electric uh, Ravens, led by Lamar Jackson, of course. Uh, somewhat, they're sort of similar quarterbacks, one in the earlier part of his career, one in the later part. And uh, as mentioned last week, it, it's a uh, both of their divisions are very competitive. The AFC North, uh, you, you would predict it, of course, that the Browns are going to win, and then the Browns lost. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the NFC West with the Niners seeming like uh, like they're the real deal, and then of course the Rams always being a threat. And Kyler, you never know; you might you might pull off a W, uh, you know, a little upset within the division at some point. So this game seems like a pretty important one and, and a kind of a statement game for either team. So I uh, maybe less so for the Seahawks than for the Ravens because the Seahawks have been pretty hot anyway. But they're going to have that thirteenth man, so it should be a 
Should be a pretty wild one and a uh, fun one to watch. Hopefully not too rainy, although it's Seattle, so odds are, you know, it's going to rain. It's true. But a lot of fun. Uh, what are you uh, What are you looking at for our fantasy week seven? Yeah, fantasy matchup this week. I have Ben versus Brian. Battle of the four and twos. Uh, we're running into some bye week issues. Brian has to sit one of his starting duo, uh, Christian McCaffrey, this week because he has a bye. Uh, ben will be keeping an eye on Amari Cooper's hip injury which may sideline or limit his production this week. So I think they're both going to be dealing with either a bye or, or an injury to a key player. So it'll be interesting to see how they overcome those, who they start, who they sit, and maybe who they pick up off the waiver wire. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the matchup I'm looking for is uh, Miles versus Steve Almonte, the chance to take down the top dog, and Miles could possibly take the top spot by beating Steve Almonte, which would be quite the turnaround an, a historic turnaround if you were to do so um they it looks like they've got a got a pretty good lineup uh miles doesn't have his chubby but other than that they're pretty he's pretty much full strength as is steve almonte so we got uh you know the, another chance at a full strength versus full strength and uh, miles is of course new england defense has been on fire as i mentioned earlier but uh it's uh it's gonna be fun to watch this uh, this this back and forth and maybe we'll have a new champion of the league so far, but we, uh, that is yet to be seen. And Almonte has been a staunch opponent. So it's going to be, going to be fun to watch. So then that moves us on to our special guest of the week. This week's special guest is Ben. Get me on the court and I'm troubled. Last week messed around and got a triple double. Freaking brothers every way like MJ. I can't believe today was a good day. Hey, what's ben. up? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, doing all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How are good, you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I had a great pick 'em, uh, but then my two fantasy teams I lost by a combined five points. Oh. Uh. So yeah, just crushing. But you know, uh, so far so good this season. I'm four and two in our league, and then five and one in the other. So can't complain. No, hey, there you go. Look at that. Yes, sir. Uh, you did have a pretty. Pretty bad showing in week six, so you could complain about that if you wanted to. Oh, all day, all day, all day. Yeah, yeah. And my my one excuse if I had to levy one would be uh, the the morning game jack me because it locked DJ Moore in, uh, and then I had to choose between I, I wasn't sure Tyreek Hill's status, and it was like game time decision, and then between him and uh, Austin Hooper, left points on the bench. You know, right. My one thing, points on the bench gets me all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you did fine as far as tight ends go, but, uh, you know, right. obviously it would have been the difference. But Kittle still held his own. But uh, no yeah. no regrets on putting putting uh, Olamari in there, huh? Uh, a little bit. Well, I think, too, because he got injured. It was quad injury, like, around the game. So there's only so much I could really kind of do. Right. I mean, outside of their horrible output overall. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's the, the way fantasy goes sometimes, you know. Yeah, it's pretty similar yeah. to um, uh, Chris's. Chris, uh, I will get to this a number of times today. The Stefan Diggs uh, benching, but <laughs> Stefan, but uh, but he was he was benched for. Uh, oh God, now I'm forgetting who who he was benched for. There, there it is. There, um, somebody who was coming off of a. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, oh jeez, where am I? Okay, there we go. Uh, it was Boyd. He was had a huge week last week, similar right. to Amari Cooper, uh, and then both of them shit the bed. Obviously, one got injured, but the other right. one, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I think Mamari stands in the same to- token as, uh, as Stefan, for me at least, and it's not necessarily a knock on, on Chris. Um, I know he's been getting it uh, from the league this far, but uh, <laughs> I feel like Stefan's a guy you just kind of always leave in, and I know that they were working through Vikings issues passing, and Cousins got called out, and he kind of owned it, kind of pushed out a little bit. But, I mean, they balled out. He came up. I don't know. I feel like yeah, Stefan's always got to get that burn. Mm. One of those things. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go deeper deeper into that during the uh, the rankings there. But, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Benny, I was actually I was, I was curious. How was Hawaii? We haven't really gotten the. <sighs> yeah, man, Hawaii was fantastic. Uh, was there from Sunday to Sunday. I, I touched down uh, at like four thirty local in Hawaii, and it was like the last quarter of the Sunday night game. So off the bat, like after like a full day of flying, I'm like thrown off, and I'm like, what time is it right now? It's like still sunny out and. I'm seeing, like, you know, the game's about to wrap up. I'm like, Jesus. So trying to orient that way. And then from Monday through, like, Thursday afternoon, I'd say, it was, like, monsoon, just, like, straight rain mm. the whole time. Um, Monday, I kind of drove around, like, 
window wipers on full blast trying to like navigate the three lane highway which is like always congested trying to just orient I, I went to the place where the training was at to see what was going on how to get there and whatnot um but nonetheless thursday night through sunday morning i was able to do a uh, full-scale uh tourist life and uh did diamond and cocoa head the two big points of hike in there uh saw a beach show into Wamanala, which is like north shore which is like gorgeous um they saw a bunch of different locations you know restaurants were, were pretty good two brewing companies kona and maui had fantastic beer there was like this gold cliff ipa that was like slamming like pineapple brew at mm. uh at kona and uh to speak to you know what it's like uh in terms of watching football starting at 7 a.m uh under normal circumstances, I'd imagine it'd be pretty good. Also, because of the fact that Kona, the brewing company, they open like for the day of games, ah. uh, so they were open at seven. Now, because I went to go do the hike uh, at Cocoa Head, which is like the, the taller of the two hikes, um, I went. Fr- I went to go do it Friday morning, and then there were two injuries that they closed the hike down. One dude like fell and like broke something, and another guy went to cardiac arrest. So they were like, "Yep, this is cut down." So I went to Diamond Head instead. I couldn't leave without doing Cocoa Head, so I went early, or what I presume would be early, on Sunday morning, and then I missed my first flight. <laughs> <laughs> Flying home, so fortunately they were able to rebook me, but I had to stick it around for another like four hours. I caught the first half of the Cowboys game, the Saints game, and uh, then flew eight hours to Atlanta, which was brutal. But um, but yeah, I got a ton of pictures. Uh, whenever I see you guys in videos, I mean, I posted most of everything on my social media and everything. But, um, but yeah, beautiful time, beautiful, beautiful time. Definitely want to go back and vacate at some point. Uh, how'd the elevation feel with the pinky injury that you're nursing? Oh, so I mean, fortunately, like where I'm at now, um, like I'm pretty much, I can make a, cl- a full fist. Um, I can, you know, I got the most of the mobility back. I haven't really tried to lift weights yet, but doing uh, the hikes, it actually wasn't too bad. Um, like cocoa, cocoa head, because there's less like structure in place. It's just like old, decrepit wooden planks and steel beams that make up the old train tracks that you have to like traverse. Um, there's no real kind of gauge in terms of like you have to like kind of watch where you're going and kind of grip on where you can. Um, but fortunately for me, I wasn't really affected, uh, so it didn't kind of get in the way. Still took me about 35, 40 minutes to get up there, but I've been eating like a savage all week, and I was like completely out of shape. I literally, like, woke up after having, like, Cinnabon the night before, like, hadn't drank water all week. I was like, I'm going to do Coca Head. That view was gorgeous, so <laughs> it was a good time for sure. I definitely want to go back. So we asked this of, uh, of Steve De Silva, and he gave us a um, pretty bummer answer. Uh, but uh, we're going to ask you anyway, how's the dating scene in 2019? Uh, give us the lowdown. The dating scene is pretty wild, man. I mean, the, the apps, mind you, for me, like, the apps are kind of crazy because... I feel like, and I don't know if it's speaking personally, but there's a lot of burner profiles out here in terms of just like fake profiles that they're trying to either get you to sign up to like cam girls or whatever the case is. And so like, you you know, you're swiping, trying to make a connection to try to go from there. And it's always like, oh, connect to my cam site. And they give you like a this crazy link. It's like, I'm about to download a virus. Like, what the hell? Like, why am I out here trying to navigate with like what I'm encountering? But then also too trying to like set something up like girls be fucking out man it's it's kind of it's kind of rough to be honest but you know shoot a shoot so yeah. it's not gonna stop my thumb from uh, sweating that right time so Mm-mm. you're not using your pinky so so the thumb works fine <laughs> right 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 yeah thumb is hundred uh, percent mm. well you let us know when uh, when uh, things get a little more popping and uh, if you have any any uh, fun anecdotes about uh, wild ladies. We're always interested in those stories, on air or off. On or off the record, I got you. As soon as shit pops off, I got you all. Good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, so uh, back to the, the world of fantasy. Uh, how do you feel about this season? What do you think you're going to – what's your record going to be uh, by the end of the season? I mean, first of all, I didn't think it was going to pan out to this extent like it has. So uh, that right there is like super shock. Um but, I mean, for me, I always feel like, I don't know, I always feel like I find myself in the middle of the pack a little bit. And that's probably where I'm going to end up. How many games, you know, are we going to play total? 13. 13. 13? I'd probably say, I don't know, somewhere like the 8-5 and five range would be my guess. 
just yeah. like once I hit the buys and everything and whatnot, I feel like middle of the pack. But you know, I probably if I do make the playoffs, if I do, I'll be like a first round exit or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I I had, I had called you the uh, the black hole uh, a little while ago, and that actually has. That is true. Still, you uh, you have the lowest right. points against you by actually by uh, looks like sixty points. You have six hundred and six. Right. The next highest, uh, next lowest, I should say, is Steve Almonte in first place with six six six. The sign of the beast. Uh, what do you attribute that to? That's a great question because every time I go into a, the Sunday afternoon, like set my team up, I'm like, it's like a crapshoot. I'm like, we're just gonna see how this plays out because I don't know if I'm gonna be able to turn something out, and then guys on my opponent's team just do not perform and but also too like my guys don't perform like that much better like i'm i've eat these wins out so i wish i had something that was specific but it, it is this kind of mystery universal thing i don't know it's pretty crazy though hey hey if it works keep working it that's what i say right i've long said that it's riding the wave <laughs> yeah 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 uh you do you have any hot takes for us uh for the for this week or any future week Ooh, hot takes. Um, I mean, with the way these refs have been going, I feel like there's something going to go down with some, with some of the, the ref situation. Probably going to be like a ref going to get like crazy injury or like get suspended or something. Like it just been uh, it's been catastrophically bad. Especially last night's game was like pretty wild. So um, you think a player is going to attack a ref this season? I don't what a take! A ref. I feel like <laughs> now you're you're taking my hot take to like a scorcher. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but no, I feel like something's gonna go down with like league intervention and, and, the, and the refs and, and like what's going on, just because it's been crazy. It's affecting the whole product. They're saying it's like this year. I think it's like average game is like fourteen uh, flags uh, per game Oof, yeah. for like I forget how like how, like almost one hundred fifty yards per. It's like the highest league average in the past like five years. And it's like you know this is a hundred season. Like you want it to be like you know a prime season, but. You know, the product has been all but uh, considering. So I feel like something's going to go down with the league and some kind of league intervention related to the refs. They're going to try to do some type of overhaul or something probably by, by I say, week eight. What is your uh, what is your take on the uh, on the bye week discussion we had last week about uh, the idea of a uh, mid-year bye or a uh, mid-year AFC-NFC weekend combination? What are, you, what are your thoughts? I, I totally co-sign that. Um, I think just in terms of, like, a, everyone's on the same page, even keel, uh, situation obviously for fantasy owners that is like you know the dream because then it's not something you have to take in consideration and having to make extra moves and whatnot but I feel like it kind of evens up the playing field a little bit and everyone's on the same page everyone prepares almost the same in that sense it's almost like and not to say that I endorse this at all but you know that people make the argument like everyone should, if, if we just gave you know steroids or PEDs to everybody then you know everyone's playing the same thing ah. not to say that I endorse that but in terms of like leveling the playing field now it's like everyone's on that same wavelength. Everyone prepares the same, accounts for the same, you know, that weekend. And then, you know, I feel like then it's just like the best team in that sense, or more so at least. So I, double, I totally co-sign that. Nice, nice. Also, um, but before we let you go, we give everyone the opportunity to sponsor their own call-in. So uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, uh, just because I've been post-PT test, which I did pass, uh, I've been uh, glutton uh, Chick-fil-A. Mm. My sponsor is Chick-fil-A, just because that spicy chicken deluxe is fantastic. Even though I uh, – actually, you know what? I'm going to switch it. I'm going to say when they bring it back, Popeye's, because Chick-fil-A <laughs> is actually uh, – <laughs> I just read Chick-fil-A is, like, sponsoring this, like, uh, Ugandan campaign to, like, make it legal to, like, kill, like, gay people or something like that. Oof. And, like, they've been making, like, low-key donations. Sorry to bring it dark, but, yeah, I'll, I'll rock with that. Popeye's, mm. bring the chicken sandwich back. And I'll grub hub you forever. Popeyes, baby. You care about the gays? Fuck Chick Fil A. <laughs> yeah, we're a pro gay podcast. Yes, we are very, very gay. I mean, pro gay. All this is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, real quick though, um, I didn't get to elaborate. So uh, the 7 a.m. watching the game, it was great. Although two nights prior, uh, fire alarm went off, like false fire alarm. So mm. I was up at 3:30 both nights. So I basically like couldn't go back to bed, and like all of a sudden the game was on. I was like, oh, this is great. But I feel like under circum- normal circumstances, starting the game, your day off, 7 a.m., watching NFL all day until like what five, it's a pretty solid situation. So. Mm. Well, I think that uh, that covers pretty much all the bases. Anything else you wanted to mention before we let you go? 
No, I uh, appreciate the time, guys. I was pretty looking forward to, uh, to being a, to a member on this, and uh, hopefully I can uh, re-reverse uh, the streak, mm. can start the streak again, rather, in terms of uh, podcast guests uh, kicking ass on the weekend. Yeah, well, you're you got the next chance against uh, Brian De Silva in Week Seven. So, best of luck to you. Give me a matchup. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. All right. All right. Denny, all everybody. Right, all right. My man. Appreciate you. All right. Well, see you later. All right, take it easy, my man. See you. All right. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> oh, he's still on the phone. Oh. Well, hey. Oh, he's, he's trying to snape our podcast. I mean, if you just, <laughs> just if you just if you just want to <laughs> hang, that's fine. <laughs> just gonna hang out, hang out. Now I'm just kidding. All right, guys. I mean, you're not working, so you might, you may very well be hanging out, hanging out. I don't need to know that, but yeah. nope. I like to keep it sweatpants. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty chilly out today. So go. good, good. All right, dudes. All right. Today I didn't even have to use my AK. I gotta say it was a good day. All right, and uh, up next we've got our do better award. You gotta do better. Uh. Do better. You do better. Yeah, this week's Do Better Award goes to Peapod, Stop and Shop <laughs> Delivery Service. This week, uh, actually last week, I went to pick up my Peapod order um, on Monday night. I'm on my way home from work. You pick it up between 6 and 7, get there at 6, and they're like, yeah, it's going to be about 25 minutes for Oof. us to fulfill your order. I'm like, this is some bullshit. The whole reason I do this is so I don't have to, to wait. I, otherwise, I could have gone in and done my shopping in less than 25 minutes. So either way, they bring it out. I'm all right, that, that's cool. I signed for it. They're like, oh, by the way, we didn't have the rotisserie chicken. We didn't have the organic uh, mushrooms, and we didn't have the organic broccoli. I'm like, well, fuck me, because that was dinner tonight. <laughs> so not only am I showing up a half hour late home, but I also don't have dinner. So, uh, I mean, luckily, their customer service is great. So I called them the next day, and they figured it all out. But, um, yeah. Hmm. They need to do. They need to do better. And also, picked up my order this week, and we had a big, nice pot roast and some chicken. I saw and, on the, uh, on Instagram. And, I think it looked great. Pork loin, and they put it in the same bag as the strawberries, the blackberries, and the raspberries. Uh, like, come on, there's meat juices all over the place. So. Uh, they got another phone call on that one too. So, double do better award for Peapod delivery service. Make it a triple. We also do treat uh, Peapod. Uh, we pull up, we do the call. We're saying, say we're in lane seven, whatever. And yeah. And I will say, the last two times I've gone to pick up, I've waited a full twenty minutes. This past time, it was uh, we were coming back from the Situate Art Festival, um, which was a mess. Just a lot of people, and it was fine. It was a, actually it was a very nice time. But it, anyway, it was a, just a bitch to park and everything. But so we're coming back from that. Quincy's fast asleep in the in her in her chair, and we're like, all right, we're gonna go. We're gonna grab the food. Grab the food. They're gonna put it in our car. They're not gonna wake her up. And then we're gonna go home. And so we get there. We wait twenty minutes. Thankfully, thankfully, and and they're lucky at the, this. Uh, but Quincy stayed asleep, which was wonderful, and and they and it was fine. But and they did substitute a few things, which was okay. We actually uh, they were supposed to get these veggie crumbles, tips into this vegetarian thing right now, and uh, instead they gave us uh, Boca burgers that we kind of had to break up. We we made a. Um, a shepherd's pie. It was delicious. Um, but anyway, okay. we, we did uh, we did the Boca Burgers. Actually, I didn't mind it so bad. Their their meat substitute Boca Burger wise is very good. So you know, I eat meat during the daytime, and then I typically eat vegetarian or fish with Tiff in the evening, which I don't mind. It's a good healthy alternative. But yes, uh, Peapod does need to do better. It is a cool service and very convenient, but they do need Absolutely. to do better. So there you go. Yeah. That's uh, I, I like that do better because it it's good that it wasn't Steve this time. Because you can only yeah, tell him, yeah. you can only tell him to do better so many times. We brought him on the podcast, yeah. and then he ruined our perfect streak. But whatever. Uh, moving on to our hot take of the week. Do you have one? Because I have one. Uh, it's all you. All right. Oh God, here it comes. Oh, hot, 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 hot. hot. Okay, so I uh, every every week uh, the past four weeks or so, I say to Gabe, uh, who's who is uh, about two cubes down from me. Uh, great guy, Gabe Ber- Berkowitz. Uh, he said he would listen to this pod, this podcast, especially if I shouted him out. Uh, anyway, so I, I say, Gabe, give me a hot take. I wanna, I gotta have a hot take for the for the podcast. And he has failed so far. However, this time I said you got, you have till one o'clock today. And then I, I checked in with him at like noon, and he said, and I am, I'm going to endorse this as well. This is a hot take that I think is especially hot. The Raiders will win the AFC West. I might insert like a like an explodey sound in that. 
but the Raiders will win the AFC West. So I, so this is a myself uh, hot. Tra- it's on on the hot take tracker. It'll be it'll be LA slash GB for Gabe Berkowitz, uh, and it's uh, I think it's a hot one. And I, and the more that I looked at it, the more I was like, huh, okay, Could all right, be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I still think of course the Chief, the Chiefs are going to be uh, in, in the playoffs. Obviously, I was thinking maybe I would amend it to be that the Raiders will make the playoffs. Um, that in that wild card spot, but no, fuck it. This is a what's a hot take? What do you want to do? Medium t- take? No, hot take. Raiders gonna win the AFC West, and so we've already we've we've guessed three out of the three <laughs> out of the eight. Uh, uh, is it eight? Yeah, eight uh, divisions. With the I said the Panthers would win the NFC South. You said the Browns would win the AFC North, and now we're, now I'm saying that the Raiders will win the AFC West. Uh, so maybe we should find some different form of hot take at some point. But agreed, yeah, yeah three yeah. in a row. We got to change it up. It's our fallback, clearly. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, we will find out. I, I'm tracking all of these things. We've got seven hot takes so far in seven weeks. So uh, come correct with uh, with a good hot take next week, and I will do my best as well. Absolutely, good job, Gabe. I like it. Yeah, he's a good guy. He hates Sony Michelle. Every single time I come into come into the office, he's like. Fuck that Sony Michelle guy. I just he's a he's a big Pats fan. He he was talking about the defense way like during the preseason. He went to a couple of uh, of the training things or whatever, and he was like, "They look amazing. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be better than the offense." And he's been right. So maybe he's right about this too. Yeah, I'd like to see a little less Sony and a little more Brandon Bolden. Yeah, Brandon Bolden has been been hot lately on special teams too. He's been playing great. Yeah, he was the yeah he was the reason the that that punt got punt got blocked because he, he absolutely he, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's. I do like Brandon Bolden. He's been has he been with the team the whole time, or did he get kind of shuffled around and then came back? No, he went. He did a season in Miami, and then when the when the Patriots played him last year, he scored his only two touchdowns of the season against the Pats. Ah, oh, I didn't realize that, that. That's I think that was the game that the Pats lost to that Kenyon Drake. Oh God! Oh yeah, the tackle and all that shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Our friends Lisa and Joe went to went to that game and they were in oh, Miami God. talking shit to like a seven year old in front of them and then. He just turned around and gave him the business at the end. Uh, yeah, that's a real tough one to. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I'd rather be at that game or the Lions game that I went to last year. Probably that game because no, it's more heartbreaking. I mean, the Lions game they never looked good at all. So it was, it was like, all right, well, you know, they're just gonna lose. Great, whatever. Whereas yeah. the other one, it was it was it was well in hand, and then you're watching. I remember. Yeah, Go ahead. And the Lions game, you said were cheap beers. So yes, they were cheap beers. They were cheap beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I watched I watched the the Miami thing. We were going up north somewhere, I think it was, uh, and I was watching that. I had Tiff drive so I could watch the end of the game. And uh, yeah, I remember being like, "What the fuck?" And it was that was a crazy, crazy. I don't know. I haven't seen a crazy play like that in a very long time, especially for the Patriots, but for anybody. Yeah, that was tough to watch. Yeah. All right, moving on to the uh, bottom half of the power ranking. At number six, previously at number three, down three spots, it's podcast guest Ben. Four and two on the year, 79.66 in a loss to Ian. Tough week for old Benny as he put up a sorry score and still almost won, but picked up his second loss in the season. As mentioned when when he called in, he could have played Tyreek Hill and won it, or Austin Hooper and won it, but he didn't, and that made all the difference. TB12 put up 22, more should have had more, but posted 12.1, and Amari went down early, leaving less than a point on the scoreboard to his name. Ben's team's namesake yet again produced, this time kittling 15.3 points. One would expect that Ben will make some adjustments for Week 7 versus Brian, and adjustments have indeed been made. Tyreek is in an easy choice as Moore is on a bye, so the outcome could and should be better. His opponent, Brian, is ready to throw down, however, so this game could be an all-out brawl. Watch out for the defense of Ben, the 49ers, putting up big numbers versus the Washington team, and I think Ben's going to have a few breakout stars this week. He's hoping to get the podcast bump and get back on track, and this one will come down to Monday night with TB12 in New York facing the Jets. But watch out! Brian has has the Patriots kicker, so that'll do a bit of negating as far as touchdowns go. A couple of 4-2 and two guys fighting it out for the chance at the top spot. Should be a fun one. At number seven, previously at number eight, up one spot, it's Chris. Two and four at 92.7 points in a loss to Almonte. I mentioned in Almonte's write-up, but Chris has got to be kicking himself as he reviews his matchup for week six. Stefan motherfucking digs. 44 points, 13-point difference in the loss. It doesn't take an accountant to know that all Chris had to do was start Stefan Diggs. As always, hindsight is 20-20, but we can't fully let Chris off the hook. Because while, of course, he started Julio and Mike Evans, 30 points between them, he started Tyler Boyd of the Bengals in the flex spot. And yes, Boyd was coming off of a 25-point showing. And yes, 
Diggs has not looked great. And yes, the projections were in Boyd's favor. So obviously, it's not as cut and dry as you would think. But if you got Diggs, you gotta dig in and go with him. Thing is, the rest of his squad did a pretty decent job. No big standouts. But as I always say, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, I'd be at the dentist a lot more often. And I just was at the dentist, and I did not enjoy it. One would assume Chris will be playing Diggs this week, especially given that Evans is on a bye. Anyway, Chris has Josh to contend with, and I think this matchup will be very tight, with Chris just edging out Josh. You heard it here first, and now, Chris, you may return to cotton picking in Missouri. I looked it up, and you're only about a half an hour from Memphis, so maybe check that place out. I've only been to Nashville as far as Tennessee goes, but that place was pretty sick, so Memphis is probably pretty cool, too. At number eight, previously at number nine, it's... Luke, 1-5 on the year, 108 points in a loss to Josh. I'm never trusting Jimmy Graham again. I was in need of a tight end with Evan Ingram out, so I thought, well, he's got Rodgers throwing him the ball. Odds are pretty good that Jimmy will produce. And I was dead wrong. 2.7 points, and don't even get me started on Juju. Dude put up 1.2 points. Obviously, having a third-string quarterback throwing at your direction will have an impact and now being the number one guy puts a target on your back. But come on, man, give me something. Lamar put up another 30. My Detroit guys chipped in another 28. Even the Carolina defense did a hell of a job with 21 in London, but it wasn't enough as I was trounced by Josh and Zeke. As they say, any given Sunday, and on this given Sunday, my 108 points would have bested five other guys. But I just have to accept that my guys didn't do enough. I'll have to really give, get a fire under their butts for week seven as I take on co-host and sometimes nemesis Eric. I can only hope for the best these days, but I might dip my toe in the trade water soon. Something's got to get shaken up for my guys. I don't love my odds facing Eric, but I take solace in the idea of beating him and making it two games out of team owner contention and dragging Eric closer to it. At number nine, previously at number 10, it's Steve Da Silva at 0 and 6, 129.2 lo- in a loss to Miles. Yes, he's still winless. Yes, he wrecked our perfect guest on the podcast record, but. I think things are turning around. He put up a personal best score all season, a score that would have beaten seven other players in the league. He nearly doubled his Week 5 outcome of 65 points, and he was a great guest on the podcast. His top four players put up 95 points among them, led by Deshaun Watson, who is putting together a bid for an MVP season and is the number three fantasy player overall. Other than the outcome, it was a good-ass week for Steve De Silva, and I think this week is evidence that he's going to get that elusive W sooner or later. He may have to wait a couple weeks till week nine till he takes on yours truly, because this week against Ian does not look like the best matchup for him. And week eight is the De Silva Bowl, which is a toss-up, but circle week nine. It'll be an all-out, balls-out brawl with the loser practically submitting the order for the 2019 T-Boner plaque. As always, things are technically looking up for Steve, and look at that. He's not at the bottom of our power rankings. At number 10, previously number 6, four spots down, it's Eric. 3-3 three and three on the year, 111.7 points in a win over Brian. A 128-point downward swing for Eric since last week. Things are not looking amazing for him. Sure, he beat Brian, but Brian only put up 72.92 points. Literally every other team in the league would have beaten Brian. Hustle Wilson truly is carrying Eric's sorry squad being the number one player in fantasy at the moment, but he can't put good snaps on his back forever. Eric's white receivers did their part this week, putting up 30 between them, while Chris the God Godwin had 20 points all on his own in the flex spot. Huh, interesting that Eric isn't putting his non-white receiver at either of the top receiver slots, instead relegating him to the bottom of the roster. Hmm. Jones returned to earth after last week's huge game with a simple six points, while the Eagles' D returned to week one form with a single point yet again. Eric's season hinges on his performance in week seven as he faces me with Godwin on a bye. If he loses this game, it will be an absolute embarrassment, but hey, he can't get lower on the power rankings than this. Or maybe I make a number 11 spot just for him. Either way, I'm sure the whining will continue, as is tradition, apparently. End of power rankings! All right, that was the bottom half of the power rankings. I record those uh, 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 separately so Eric can discover where he where he he was, as everyone else does. All right, uh, moving on to the Pick'em Corner. Ben pulled it out pretty early with a red hot start, going seven and one, and he rode those picks straight to a victory. Uh, also, as a side note, our overall late uh, Sunday game record has been shoddy at best. I think we've gotten one right in the last two weeks, something like that. It's been a lot of. A lot of, lot of uh, fuckery going on with the with the games so far. A lot of parody, I should say. So, anyway. Uh, moving on now to T-Boner Watch 2019. You have to step up. Unleash! As you can imagine, it's still Steve. He lost another one this time to Miles. His, his squad showed up and had impressive numbers, but Miles, is weak. Miles was week six's top dog. So, that's the T-Boner Watch. Not very exciting. Nice. 
I think in future seasons, the Tebow owner watch will be a lot more exciting, or at least I hope it will be. But uh, just to keep I, doing I, it to I, Steve. But. I think it's still pretty exciting. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, even I'm not that far out of it with only three wins. I could still be on it. That's true. More, more likely you, Steve, or Chris, but right. you never know. Right. I, I think I think there's actually someone with four wins on the team owner, if I'm not mistaken. So. Oh, that's true. I hadn't thought. Thank you for putting it that way. I mean, it's hard to hard to make that argument when someone's zero six, but it's yeah, that's true. We could all turn around and and you know we could have Brian on the on the uh, on the team owner. We we don't know. We, we don't know. I will say that it is uh, Steve is a combination of, of a very shitty team, but also really shitty luck. He's got the the most points against uh, by 30 points. And the next one is yours truly. So we both are pretty unlucky, along with being not very good at this. So yeah, he also has the least points for. So. Yes. Yes, that's true. And I don't I have I have the, the it looks like the third least. Yeah. 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 Okay, I've got so more points than Josh and, and Chris. So right. What's that? about right where you guys are then yeah yeah i'm okay with it i mean you know i did notice one one thing and i mentioned it i think in the in the power rankings too that ian is uh he actually has more points against than points for but that's because you right. fucked him really really hard last week so that i did yeah, yeah yeah so it's that that's the reason that that shows up there otherwise it would have been pretty lopsided towards points four but uh yeah that's all the football stuff i think we've got the guy for this week any uh, overtime football non-football chat yeah well um Met with a realtor this week looking to sell our house in the wow. next year or so. So he came over, saw what we've done at the place over the last six years. Um, we're thinking he's going to give us some recommendations on things to do to spruce it up a little bit. But he's like, no, you guys are – it's in sellable shape right now. So I think it might just, you know, keep it how it is, maybe do a few small things here and there. Um, wow. But, yeah, I think over the next 12 months we're looking to either – build or buy so if we're going to build something we got to find some land yeah soon are you looking in the but, same uh, northern rhode island kind of setup yeah northern rhode island or central massachusetts mm. we're really looking based on uh school system so we're a little bit limited we're looking at uh north smithfield smithfield situate or potentially uh mendon massachusetts oh, okay yeah. yeah well good luck to you yeah that's uh that's very exciting i uh, i hope that yeah, are you are you hoping more for a, a built home or a a home home that's already built? Um, e- either way, I think right now, based on the timing and and where we are, I think we'll probably have to buy a house right now, mm-hmm. and then maybe our five ten year plan will be to build a house. But wherever we buy a house, our next house is going to be the the town that we build a house in. We've decided so it's oh, going to okay. be a big decision. Yeah, we don't want to get the kids in a school system and then have to move them yeah so we want to get them in a a good in a good school system and have them stay there through ideally through graduation yeah that makes sense uh the uh the schools in barrington are lovely but i know that you likely are looking for a good amount of land and i don't think there's a much uh much big property as far as fields go and whatnot yeah i'm a a big privacy guy we have like an acre and a half now and you got to have your nude backyards more than that absolutely i want to be able to pee in my yard without my neighbors giving me shit Oh, we're yeah. getting arrested next week is going to be a short week and we're probably going to get the podcast out on maybe even on Monday. Uh, I'm not sure where I'm going to find the time, but we're going to figure it out. We may not have a special guest depending on scheduling, but uh, because I'm going to Bermuda on Tuesday until Saturday of next week, uh, our first big trip, well, our first flight trip with Quincy. And uh, so we're, uh, we're we are uh, cautiously optimistic. She has not nice. been sleeping. She's not been sleeping very well recently, but um we're going to try to make it work and we're going to, we're going to, we're driving up to Boston cause it's a direct flight. It's only a two hour flight. So it's not like we're going to be stuck up there for very long and she's still breastfeeding. So we can just throw her on the boob if we need to. Uh, and so she can kind of self-regulate that way. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about we're, we're the place where we found is, uh, on Airbnb and it's got its own private beach, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. 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 A private beach and a pool. So we, we, and we weren't sure about the, the timing cause late October, we were wondering if it was going to be too cool. Cause Bermuda isn't Yeah. Like... What is it like seventies? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's seventies. And then we asked what the water temperature was. And the guy from the Airbnb said that it was the ocean was 80 degrees and the pool was also 80 degrees. So that will be, oh, that's yeah, yeah, that'll be great. So it's a pink sand beach. I think we're just going to be hanging out in our Airbnb. We're going to bring a bunch of food and bring a bunch of booze because it's very expensive on the Island. And, uh, right. yeah, it might be a, you know, I'll let you guys know how it is. So if uh, anybody wants to jump on that, 
uh, I can give you some recommendations. It's going to be a fun trip, and, and it's going to be nice, hopefully nice and relaxing. The monitor does reach the pool, at least, maybe even to the, to the, uh, to the beach, I'm not sure. And so we'll be able to do a little, maybe a little night swimming, maybe, you know, and just kind of grill on the back deck and have a good time. So, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Hope you guys have a good time. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else you got to, before we uh, wrap this baby up? No, that's all I got this week. All right. Yeah. Good week. Good week. And uh, looking forward to seeing the Chiefs on Thursday night and uh, the Pats on Monday night. So, best Absolutely. of luck to everybody and uh, keep it sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's all my right. new outro, but I hope it is. All right. Well... <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, see you. Unleash some people. Let him go. It's time. Time will tell. Let him work. Let him play. On Sunday. Unleash some people. Let him go.